Few things are harder than the mission of raising your kids. At The Dad Project, we get experienced dads to reveal what's worked for them, offering practical, time-tested advice. Being a successful dad is tough, and we're here to help you get it done. Welcome to The Dad Project. In this episode of The Dad Project, Jim Tierney discusses how dads should affirm their children, along with some of the do's and don'ts. Jim is co-founder of The Dad Project. He and his wife are expecting their 10th child. Here at The Dad Project podcast, you've heard affirmation mentioned several times. I've mentioned it in a few earlier episodes, and Nathan Stanley dealt with it in his episode on encouragement And we continue to get questions, both in person and emailed to us through our website, that make it clear that a lot of our listeners want to know more about affirmation. How much is too much? What exactly do I affirm? Will affirmation make my child too soft? After all, I don't want to raise children who expect a participation trophy for everything they take part in, especially when they're adults. These are all questions I've wondered about and for which I've sought the input of dads I trust. My intent here is to give you a short episode that offers some answers to these questions and some approaches that have worked for me. The first and I believe most important rule of thumb that I've picked up is this. Affirm the virtue and not the outcome. What do I mean by that? Well, say for example, one of my children wins the spelling bee at school. I could say, you did it. You're an amazing speller. I'm so proud of you for coming in first. This would be praising the outcome. If I were to praise the virtue, I might say, I know you worked really hard at this. It took a lot of perseverance and dedication to prepare for months to be ready for the spelling bee, and I'm really proud of you for that. You see, the first version is a touch vain, both for me and for my child. When I say, I'm proud of you for coming in first, not only am I praising the outcome, but I'm elevating the outcome above the virtue required to prepare. A child who picks up on this could get the message that as long as he gets first place, it doesn't matter how he gets there because first place is what's gonna make dad proud of him. And a child that believes that all dad cares about is winning might cheat on a test or use others to get elected to student council or later in life to climb the corporate ladder. Now, I'm not saying that winning is bad. Authentic competition is a good thing. And likewise, it's good to recognize that one competitor's effort and skill made him stand out. I'm just saying that the virtue it took to get to the top of the podium is actually more noteworthy and we shouldn't overlook it. So in contrast to affirming the mere outcome, praising the virtue sends the message that dad values hard work, not giving into fatigue, not giving into boredom. Those truly heroic efforts required to master something. Dad values good habits that will serve that child well for the rest of his life. They're habits that can be praised even if the child doesn't win. And that helps a child understand that even if he falls short of a goal, he should pick himself up and try again. Okay, so those are some ideas on praising virtue and not outcomes. How about the question of how much affirmation to give? Should I worry that affirming a child a lot will make him soft? Well, for one thing, if we're affirming a virtue, I don't think we can affirm too much. We're going to produce what we value the most. If we're focused on our children's victories alone, we are more likely to have kids who are driven to win at all costs. 
And we all know, or if we don't know this, we should learn to recognize that winning isn't always the most important thing. After all, failure can drive future successes. For example, many great leaders in their fields have failed repeatedly, but we can use their stories to help illustrate the underlying virtues they had, which helped make them eventual successes. Just a few examples are Abraham Lincoln, Emily Dickinson, Albert Einstein, Steve Jobs, J.K. Rowling, Michael Jordan, and Winston Churchill. None of them perfect, of course, but clearly examples of people who failed before overcoming setbacks, usually through uncommon perseverance and then ultimately succeeding. So as I said, if we're affirming the virtue, I think it's hard to do that too much. Now note that this is distinctly different from putting our children on pedestals for every success and then chalking up any failure to uh, the referee being biased or no good or the teacher not seeing our child's true brilliance and then letting the child hear us make these critiques of authority figures in their lives. That doesn't affirm them and it certainly doesn't promote virtue. It's more likely to give them a complex that the world owes them more than it's giving them. And I think that is more likely to make them soft. Here's a time-tested approach to getting the affirmation right. Have it be true. We have to speak the truth about our kids' gifts and successes to our kids themselves. This is actually the definition of humility. Many great thinkers going back at least as far as Augustine of Hippo in the fourth century have said quite simply that humility is truth. If one of our children worked really hard at something, let's be sure to recognize that. On the flip side, if they didn't work that hard and fell short of what they're truly capable of, it does that child a disservice to resort to the old platitude, I know you tried your hardest, perhaps because we want to avoid an uncomfortable conversation or because we don't want to make that child quote unquote feel bad. We should say that saying for times when we know it's really true. In situations where we know our son or daughter could have worked harder or tried harder, while we don't want to be untruthful, perhaps the prudent decision is to wait a day after that disappointing test result or the sloppy performance in a game or a recital before giving constructive criticism. Let me say one more thing about affirmation that doesn't make our kids soft. A hug, a kiss, and the words I love you never overdo it. Kids need these signs of affirmation from dads especially. And they can be given when we're at our proudest and at our most disappointed. A hug doesn't signal that it's given only because that child won the city championship, nor does it convey that I approve of his poor decision to leave the school project till the last night. It just says, I love you unconditionally. And that's the most important kind of affirmation of all. I want to take a moment here at the end of our 15th episode to say a thank you and make a request. It doesn't take all that much in the way of financial support to keep the Dad Project podcast up and running. A number of our listeners have been very generous, and I want to thank all of you who have contributed. You've done a great thing and have truly helped to bring our content to the world. Nonetheless, we do need to pay our sound editor and cover some moderate expenses. So I want to ask that if you've never donated to the Dad Project, please consider setting up a recurring donation to give a dollar a month to support our operations. If every listener who hasn't donated did that, that would keep us going as far as we can see into the future. 
And if you believe you get $5 of value or $10 of value out of our talks each month, well, we'll take that too. And again, thanks to all of you who've been so generous already. Hey, thanks for listening to The Dad Project. If this talk was valuable to you, please go to our website at dadproject.net and make a voluntary one-time or recurring donation to help support our operations. Any amount helps. Catch you next time at The Dad Project.